The first day of free agency is in the books for Houston. Cody and I discuss an underwhelming day one, but the blessing of dodging the Jimmy G bullet. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, and of course, I'm joined by Texans credential media member and sports illustrator's writer, Cody Davis here to discuss the overall mood of day one free agency, dodging again the Jimmy Mm -hmm. G bullet, but first discussing the Texans signings. And let's start with fullback and tight end Andrew Beck signed a two-year deal worth $6.75 million. Linebacker Chase Winovich, I know I got some experience with that guy, played for the Patriots, and last year played for the Browns, signed a one-year deal worth up to $2.75 million. D-tackle coming from over uh, across the bay in San Fran, Hassan Ridgeway, a one-year deal worth $4 million with $3 million guaranteed. Veteran quarterback Case Keenum, two-year deal worth $4 million. Running back Mike Boone and safety Jimmy Ward will also be coming to Houston. Uh, and you, you look at these names, I understand if guys are like, whew, goodness, it stinks. Day one was disgusting, and this is for a team that a lot of people had hope of, wondering if they will sign some more competitive type of players, some of the bigger name, mid-tier type of players, none of which outside of maybe a Jimmy Ward, which we'll get into, are of that caliber. However, of those moves, I look at Chase Winovich. Not a big signing, not one of those, or oh, he can change – the trajectory of a defense. Uh, but I do think Texans losing Obo Okorunko, Okorunko, excuse me, justify signing the former New England Patriot edge rusher Chase Winovich. And I'm not that all in on him, but it makes sense. This was a similar deal to what Houston signed Ogbo and Rasheem Green to last offseason. Just about, and I know it's a lot of money, almost $500,000 of a difference, but a similar type of deal. Uh, and I think he will fit the defense for one. Not only does Nick Casario uh, have some familiarity with him and help draft him back in this New England days. However, he does have a relationship with now linebacker coach Chris Kiffin. And so I think he has an understanding of what he believes uh, are some of the small things to do on a defense that will help that Chris Kiffin linebacker group go. Um, also, in only 53 games, only miss in 53 games, he only missed seven tackles. Uh, a very dependable rotational player is what I think he'll be for Houston. And I don't expect for Chase to play over his career high of 58% of defensive snaps played. So had a sack last year for uh, the Cleveland Browns in his career. I believe he has 13 and a half sacks overall. Nothing crazy. But again, we can't sit and hear Coach uh, Ryan's and general manager Nick Casario say things about how they want to build a team, build a team, build a team. Like that aspect has been clear as day since day one between the two. They want to build pieces, right? And so 
all pieces aren't big pieces. You look at a puzzle. You're going to mm. have, you know, some smaller pieces. You're going to have some bigger pieces. You're going to have pieces that are clearer than other pieces. Like, oh, this is a horse. This is clearly a horse. Uh, what is this? Is this water? Is it grass? You might never know, but it's a piece that makes sense when you look at the bigger picture. And so signing a guy like Chase Winovich, who may, may or may not even make the roster, right? Like we've seen Nick sign guys before in free agency or in the offseason, and they don't make the 53-man roster or they make it cut before the season really gets underway. That's a possibility. But I think Chase and I think D-tackle Hassan Ridgeway, he's a guy that look at Chase with his familiarity with Coach Kiffin. Ridgeway was just playing under D'Amico Ryans last season, so he has a relationship with him. He understands what some of the small things and bigger things that he would like to do for a defense overall, and I think that's a good grab. And, of course, we'll talk about signing uh, safety Jimmy Ward, who will also be coming to Houston. But, Cody, hmm. of those six signings, I got to give it to you. Case Keenum, you called it <laughs> a few shows ago, but what is your takeaway from day one? Um, day one of the Houston Texans free agency went just like how I expected it to, because yes, I know some people might look at the list and say they are disappointed in some of the players that, that the Texans brought in. And I'm going to take it a step further. The player that the Texans lost, which was Obo Okoronkro, um, only because, you know, we talked about it here a couple of days ago. That was one of the guys that we wanted to see the Houston Texans keep around, um, especially considering that he's still young, fit with the timeline. Um, I know last year started off kind of rough for him, but once he got accustomed to Coach Lovey Smith's defensive scheme. Um, he took all, finished with career highs across the ball across the board, including five sacks. And that was a little bit disappointing to see Okoronko leave and go sign with the Cleveland Browns. I guess the Cleveland Browns was trying to be the 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 north version of the Texans. I don't know, but at the same time, when you take a look at what the first day of free agency brought across the league, a lot of times you, you you just saw teams that was literally trying to enhance their playoff caliber roster already or teams like the New England Patriots trying to contain free agents that was already out there on the market that they did not want to lose. And when you take a look at the Houston Texans, yes, we all are expecting them to build a better and a more competitive roster. However, this is still a team that is still in the early stages of the rebuild. And John, you a money guy. Yes, the addition of the Miko Ryan's just the possibility of knowing that you're going to come in and play possibly with the likes of CJ or Bryce, or, you know, you, you want to be a veteran that can help establish a foundational piece to really get the Houston, Texas rebuild on the road. You also got to keep in mind due to the fact that they only won seven games and it's in the Texans still are not the biggest free agents, free agent destination. As you, John, as you as the money guy, you also got to keep in mind that the Houston Texans will be probably be in a position where they have to pay overpay a lot of these guys in order to convince them to come join the Texans. Now, with that being said, with your analogy of when you take a look at the puzzle, small, small pieces or sometimes more important than the bigger pieces. Of course, my favorite signing of the day was Case Keenan. And no, I'm not saying that because that's something we foreshadowed a couple of weeks ago. But it's because when you take a look at the fact that you already have a young quarterback in Davis Mills, when you take a look at the fact now, you this definitely means you're going to draft either CJ or Bryce. You need a veteran in that position group to help those guys develop. And I understand when you take a look at Case Keenum, this is not a, a name that you like, oh, my God, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. 
I said it a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to say it again. A lot of times the best veterans to develop a young team, especially at a position like quarterbacks, are the guys who have spent the majority, if not their entire careers, as backup. They spent the majority, if not their entire careers, basically holding the, the, the clipboard on the sideline with the coaches. And I, I, I used this analogy before, and I'm going to say it again. I really do believe that that actually hindered the development in Davis Mills. And now, considering the fact that you're about to take on another young quarterback, Bryce or CJ, whoever you want to choose, I am perfectly fine with either they're going to be in a better situation because they're going to have that veteran who's been in the league for how long case Kenny been in the league about 12, 13 years now. A long time. He's going to be able to help either one of these coaches. He threw passes to uh, Andre Johnson. So <laughs> that's how long it's been. Touchdown passes. And, and Andre Johnson left what in 2013, 2014 was his last season. I think that was whatever D hot rookie season was, but they're going to, Case Keenum is really going to help these young quarterbacks in Houston thrive. And that's my favorite signing of they want a free agency. And look, I'm going to say this now, even though I like the signing of Case Keenum, if at any point throughout the 2023 <laughs> campaign, we're sitting here trying to figure out how is Case Keenum going to start any game? That means something went hella wrong during the season. But as, as of right now, knock on wood, hopefully we don't cross that line. But that is a good veteran pickup signing for the Houston Texans. Yeah, let me say this. I am not a money guy. Like, I want to shout out uh, Texans Cap on Twitter. He hosts his own YouTube show, does a very great job breaking down NFL contracts, especially when you look at the Houston Texans and the possibility of certain signings or when things become more concrete. I'm much of a cheap guy. I'm kind of cheap. <laughs> so I don't want to spend too much money unless it makes sense to enjoy the money that's spent. And so I can't wait to talk about Andrew Beck signing a two-year deal, seven, $6.75 million. I think. Now, you talk about money, I could have kept some of that money in my pocket. <laughs> also, day one of free agency, a lot of the guys that Cody and I discussed that would make sense for Houston – are off the board. Uh, David Anyamadas, formerly of the New Orleans Saints, he actually just switched teams in his division, went hmm. to Atlanta. He signed a three-year deal worth $35 million with $24 million of that guaranteed with a $12 million signing bonus. I think that's something the Houston Texans could have benefited from. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, thank God that that is not in Houston. We'll talk about hmm. that. The Bears and Tremont, Tremaine Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, excuse me, he signed a four-year deal worth 70, $72 million, $50 million of that guaranteed. Uh, that was a discussion that Cody and I had, and a lot of people around the city of Houston, how that would have made sense for the Houston Texans. Bradley Bozeman, he was an interior center guy that I thought Houston could have benefited from, helped that team once they moved on from Christian McCaffrey, really established the run for the Carolina Panthers. They re-signed him, and Javon Hargrave signed a four-year deal $84 million, $40 million guaranteed, $23 million signing bonus with the 49ers. God bless the league. Zach Allen was another name that was thrown around, signing $3 million, three-year deal worth $45 million deal. So Houston didn't necessarily go out after a lot of the bigger fish in the pond. However, they did sign six guys, are expected to sign six guys from day one. And so you can tell that they are looking uh, around the league to fill out this roster. So I do expect a lot of guys that's on the roster 
a lot of these bodies, they won't be taking up some of these uh, roster spots anymore. And we will continue to discuss the Houston Texans uh, day one of free agency. The end point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook app, because our new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sports app. Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three points drained. Plus, FanDuel even allows you to combine bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. Don't miss the chance right now to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and NFL. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers in the YouTube world. Make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On Texan page on YouTube and subscribe on all of the major podcasting platforms. Before we move over and discuss Jimmy G, Andrew Beck, two-year deal, worth $6.75 million. Running back Mike Boone, the terms of his contract has yet to be determined. I think those two signings were the most underwhelming signings of the day on day one, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I was not fond of any one of those signings. I think that uh, Andrew Beck, he has a gap in, in his resume, guys. Caught 12 catches, nine catches, excuse me, his in, in 2019 for 90 yards and one touchdown. Didn't really do much for the you know a couple of years after that. And then in 2022, Five catches for 69 yards, no touchdowns. And then he has one rushing carry for three yards in his career. Listen, I'm big on Harrison, the rookie, the defensive tackle turned tight end, turned fullback last year. I think he did a lot of good things for Damian Pierce in that backfield whenever he was on the field. And I think he's a tough, hard player. But also look at two years, $6.75 million. as way too much for a fullback tight end that hasn't played a lot of football in the span of the last four seasons. Now, I get it. Bobby Sloak and head coach D'Amico Ryans is coming over from San Fran where they use Kyle Yusuf, the fullback. I hope I'm saying their name correctly. If I'm not, I apologize. But they use the fullback a lot. He is a utility player. He sets up blocks. He put him in motions. He can do a lot of things athletically that helps open up that offense because of the misdirection that he uses. That, that they use them for. But again, $6.75 million for a guy that hasn't played a lot of football, that isn't the move for me. I don't know if he'll even be on his roster comes comes come, come game day this year. Now, I'm assuming he will, and I think now we look at the competition between Harrison and Beck and wonder, you know, Harrison's on a rookie deal, but do they move on from him? Does his, does his opportunity minimize this? What happens with that player now that Andrew Beck is on this roster? And Mike Boone, I just simply think this was a bad signing. There was other running backs out there in free agency that Houston probably could have benefited from day one. Mike Boone, in his career, 99 rushing attempts, does average 5.2 yards per carry. But last year, only 24 
times did he touch the ball? Uh, before that, four times he touched the ball. His highest uh, career numbers were in 2019, 49 rushing attempts, 273 yards and three touchdowns when he played for the Minnesota 273 <laughs> when he played for the Minnesota Vikings and so those two signings I thought was outright terrible and you know we'll we'll continue to see how Houston builds this roster but I do think signing players for the sake of signing players is not the way to go and honestly I think that money could have been used to maybe persuade Ogbo Okwonko to come back like I'm looking at players that Houston could have retained that played well last year to come back out in, in comparison to signing outside guys for the sake of not 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 for those signings whatsoever. But thank God Jimmy G was not signed to Houston. Jimmy G signed a deal with the Vegas Raiders, a three-year deal. Worth four forty-eight point five million dollars. Forty-five of that was guaranteed, but I think it was thirty-five of that was guaranteed. An eleven point two five million dollar signing bonus, something that Houston desperately could not afford. Um, yearly, they could have three-year deal, forty-eight five. That was doable, but overall, I think they got the right vet. Jimmy G will be a starter in Vegas. Yep. Case Keenan will not be a starter in nope. Houston. And he will serve with the purpose of being a backup to whoever will be the Texas next franchise quarterback in this year's draft and also helping out Davis Mills. Great job, Nick Casario. Great job, D'Amico Ryans, on not signing Jimmy G, which it was reported before the signing to, to the Vegas Raiders that there was a quote unquote bidding. Bidding war. You know, so <laughs> I think we could finally say that the Texans are a new franchise. Because there have been so many times, let's say within this the past decade, to where there was the perfect plan in place for the Houston Texans, but they will opt for the latter. And what I mean by that is you will have an opportunity to go out and sign the best player, trade for the best player, or draft the best player, and you go out and try to stick to your tough, smart, and dependable. You will try to stick to your culture, guys. You will try to stick to this narrative that is part of the reason why this organization at best has been what mediocre even when you had the top tier talents in the afc south you still wasn't where you should have been due to your ability to stay stuck in your ways now finally with the addition of D'Amico ryan's now finally with whatever got into or who got it got on nick Asirio this offseason it finally seems like the Houston Texans are moving on because, John, if this was the Houston Texans doing the Lovey Smith regime, if this was the Houston Texans doing the David Cully regime, if this was the Houston Texans, damn sure if this was the Houston Texans doing the Bill O'Brien regime, and even more so everybody's favorite coach in Gary Kubiak, I guarantee you the Houston Texans would have opted to sign Jimmy Garoppolo and they would have passed on the idea of drafting a potential franchise quarterback in C.J. or Bryce. And I know some people are going to look at that and say, well, Cody, you could have still went out there and signed Jimmy Garoppolo and still could have drafted CJ or Bryce. I understand that. But at the end of the day, you got to keep in mind that Jimmy Garoppolo wanted to go to a team where he can start from day one. He has no interest in being a bridge quarterback. And if he would have came here doing, to the Texans, he would have been a bridge quarterback, which means he probably would not have helped the likes of a CJ, the likes mm. of a Bryce. And then at some point throughout the season, us here on this show, us writing about it, everybody, 
fans, people in the comment section would have been talking midway through the season. When are they going to start CJ? Or when are they going to start Bryce? Jimmy Garoppolo isn't getting the job, job done. And once again, when I look at Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he surpassed my original expectations of him as a quarterback. But you got to keep in mind, a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo's success came due to the fact that he played under arguably, if not the greatest coach in, in NFL history, and Bill Belichick, then you go to San Francisco and play under the lights of Kyle Shanahan, who, is, who in my opinion, is one of, if not the best offensive-minded coach in the game today. He doesn't have that here in the city of Houston, which means his signing would have been a waste of money and a waste of time. Listen, I think, let me get those numbers correct. Jimmy G signed a three-year deal worth $67.5 million. <laughs> Clearly out of Houston's range with $34 million guaranteed. I think if Houston would have brought in Jimmy G, that would have told us exactly how they felt about this year's quarterback class. So it wouldn't have been a Bryce and CJ discussion. It could have been a, maybe a Hendon Hooker discussion because you would have been able to get Hendon Hooker later in the draft, and maybe he would be a part of your contingency plans. But if you brought in Jimmy G, that tells us that you're not high on Bryce, you're not high on CJ. Those are the two top – quarterback prospects and maybe yet you were higher on the athleticism of Anthony Richardson who knows but that tells us that would have told us excuse me that you're not looking to start a quarterback a rookie quarterback this year for the majority of the season now you may still do that with whether it's Bryce or CJ your injury may happen or you may want to allow them the opportunity to get caught up to speed before you put them out on the field and rush them which why it makes sense to sign the Case Keenum who has started experience, which why, you know, keeping Davis Mills is important who has started experience. But Jimmy G would have been one of those guys that day one, you are looking to play the entire season. And that would have been, in my opinion, a bad decision. And to your point, John, of them signing Jimmy Garoppolo, and that would have told us a lot about how they felt about this year's class. This is what I mean by they would have passed up on the best opportunity. Hendon Hooker, Anthony Richardson, I think they're going to have good careers. Will Levis, if he gets into the right system, I think he has the potential to have a pretty solid career. But who's the number one and number two quarterback on the in, in the draft as of right now? Just, just Jim Bryce. And what pick do, do the Houston Texans have as of right now? Two. Case two, goes. 12, 33. But, 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 but the first one is two, right? Man. The, the first, first one is two. two, and you have an opportunity to get the, the literally one A in 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 two A at number two, right? It's possible. Who has the potential to be franchise quarterbacks, right? It's very possible. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite Bill Bar or Puff, and now your time to make it count is here. Listen, go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorite Bill Bar or Puff. On if you're anything like myself, the churro brownie, the churro flavored bill bar will be the number one seed in this year's bracket. And not only that, they'll be taking it all. They'll be going through the round of 64, even winning through the round of sweet 16 because the churro is so sweet, covered in 100% real sweet chocolate. There's no way it's going to lose in this year's Built March Madness. When you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entering into a drawing of 50 lucky Locked On listeners <clears throat> for a chance to win a free box of Built. Not only that, one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to have Built 
have built bars, best bars, and puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try the built bars out. One of the best on the the best on the market. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, high in protein, low in sugar. That's right, real chocolate, high protein, low sugar. Only 130 calories. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Before we get out of here, Cody, the overall mood from day one for me, my opinion, no one else's, I look directly to the Robert Woods signing. There were zero wide receivers signed on day one of free agency. <laughs> And that brings me back to my original feelings. The amount of money that the Houston Texans gave to Robert Woods, the amount of guarantee, the yearly salary, all of that, I believe, could have been used in other areas to really help out this team in a more significant way. And I say that because, obviously, as we've already talked about on and off camera, the wide receiver group for this year's free agency pool I'm not going to call it underwhelming, but it's not spectacular. It's not something like the last year's wide receiver group. This is not a group this year that you need to rush out and go get, right? You have an opportunity to take your time to sign some quality players. And I think Houston rushed the gun on that one, to be completely honest with you. Again, I believe that those funds that went to Robert Woods could have been allocated in other places. Maybe we would have more money to sign highly, higher quality players instead of the Andrew Becks of the world the Mike Boons of the world, right? And I, and I think that overall, day one, it was underwhelming. It, it was a day that, you know, I get it. I've talked about it earlier in the segment. You want to fill out this roster so I understand it. However, I still believe that there's other ways this roster could have been si- filled out um, instead of signing Mike Boone, Andrew Beck, <laughs> uh, completely honest with you, even Robert Woods. And so, do I have faith that Houston will make some more splashier moves? I think that they have one or two in them. I don't think that they sign a mid-tier player yet, and I don't think that they've signed a tier one-ish player yet. And I think between those two tiers, I believe Houston will get one of those right. I do. Uh, however, right now, not impressed. Hmm. Understand it, but not impressed. I'm content with it. You know, it's like I said in the first segment, um, with this being the first day of free agency, um, given everything that this organization had going on over the last three years, and that's very important because this organization doesn't have a good rep, unfortunately, around the league as of right now. If the Houston Texans would have went out and signed some of the top-tier players or at least, least mid-level players on the first day of free agency, John, I think they was going to have to shell out a hell of a lot of money in order to convince them to come to Houston. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to keep in mind, this is still a team that's in the early stages of his rebuild. I'm expecting majority, if not their best collection of talent to come through the draft. Um, the Robert Woods signing, I do like it. And I'm going to just throw this out there because I was thinking about this. Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks have a relationship. They play well together in Los Angeles. I think, if I'm not mistaken, both of them, the, the first year, because Brandon Cooks spent two seasons out there in Los Angeles. And the first season was one of his one of six seasons or seven seasons where he clips over a thousand. And Robert Woods also had a thousand um, over a thousand receiving yards as well. Um, They have a close relationship. 
you saw Brandon Cooks congratulating him. I'm wondering if the Robert Woods signing is kind of a, a kind of a way to kind of like fix the fractured relationship between this organization and Cooks. Nobody's telling me this, by the way. It's just a thought that I'm having because I know those two guys have a relationship dating back to their time in Los Angeles. However, John, first day of free agency, I'm content with it, with it. There are still players out there on the market who probably overpriced themselves to where they're going to get to the point. Look, maybe I set the market too high for myself. Let me come down a little bit. And that's when I think guys like um, Nick Casario and D'Amico Rhines are really going to be able to, to, to make some free agency splashes this year. Um, I'm content with it. Like I said, I think the biggest loss they won of free agency was the loss of Okoronko. Really liked him in Houston, both on and off the field. Yeah, let's, let's, can cool we be guy. honest about him? I know that he wasn't a you know spectacular player, but he was the second leader on his team in terms of sacks mm -hmm. and, and tied I was... for uh, second in terms of tackles for losses. Mm -hmm. He was a good player for this team. He was a good rotational player for this team. Mm -hmm. He was a player that if you look at what we believe D'Amico Ryans could do for this franchise, exactly. he would make sense to keep because you want guys that can get after the quarterback and stop the run and create confusion and chaos in the backfield. He was doing all of those things. And towards the end of the year, you saw him get more comfortable with – quote-unquote, getting into his bag in different ways to get after the quarterback as a pass rusher. So losing him, while it may not be a sexier player, I think it was a significant loss. This hmm. is my opinion, uh, quite honestly, quite frankly, and I think that a lot of people look at him and say, well, he wasn't all of this. Why bring him back? Well, why bring in Andrew Beck? Well, well why he sign also Mike Bone? He, and to that point, he also had a career year, too. And that's a career, a career year with year. a slow start to the season. And, John, exactly. I was most I was most excited about Okoronko coming back because I wanted to see what he was going to do with a coach who is a more modern-day coach, a coach that basically knows how to use all of his players on the defensive side of the ball. No disrespect to Lovey Smith, but Lovey Smith is old school and stuck in his ways. Demico Ryan's is not right. so, and I you get know, it. I get it. Ogbo probably was looking at an opportunity like Ogbo, Jonathan Owens. There's a couple of guys on this roster because Chris of the situation, Moore. Chris Moore, because of this, because of the situation the Texans were in last year, they got an opportunity to showcase what they can do on the field because they weren't playing like a LA Rams, like mm -hmm. you know what I mean. They weren't playing for some of these organizations where they may got more qualified or better guys in front of you. Now you can get out on the field and play a lot more. And I think with the loss and absence of Jonathan Grenard, that allowed Ogbo to play more, and he was able to showcase his talents a little bit more, especially towards the end of the season. So what I'm getting at is mm -hmm. I understand that this was an opportunity for him to have a bigger payday than what he's had in the NFL. You always got to go get your money. However, that money that was shelled out to the Robert Woods, to the to the to the Andrew Becks, I would even go as far as saying Chase Winovich. That money could have been used in order to help resign Obo Okoronkwo. So I am disappointed in their loss. Hmm. What has been? <laughs> what has been? Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texas podcast. Be sure to follow us on YouTube. Subscribe under the name Locked On Texans and make sure you leave comments, share with your family and friends. Also, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.